Red Kite Prayer is hosting its first ever event October 12th through 14th, 2018, the Red Kite Rendezvous. The two and a half day event will feature bikes from some of the industry's top frame builders, two gravel rides, some of the world's finest craft beers, which are brewed locally, plus enough food to make the pedaling fun. For more information or to register, go to redkiteprayer.com backslash store. The Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's Shore Collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager, a.k.a. the Fit Chick of Bicycling Magazine. Each week, we take a look at different facets of how cycling fits into our lives. How you doing, Celine? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Got a nice little mountain bike ride in yesterday after what has been a pretty busy week so far, so I'm... I'm feeling happy. I'm looking forward to today's ride. Yeah, oh, excellent. Yeah, I've got a mountain bike ride uh, myself coming up in a few hours. So, excellent. Yay, single and, track. Uh, yeah, single track, and and came. I'm here. I bike back from D two R two from the weekend. So. Oh yeah. yeah. How did that go? How you know, how lost I, did you get? I I am crushingly disappointed to say I did not get lost at all. Like I am oddly disappointed that it, <laughs> I, I know I know that all with the GPS technology and turn by turn, um, yeah, those I I did not get lost. I saw a lot of lost people who were not used. You know? <laughs> so that was that was entertaining. But yeah, it was it was it was actually pretty funny. I was uh, in the lunch line and somebody came up to me and they like. You fit chick? And I was like, yes. And they had listened to our D2R2 podcast that, that us talking about it on the way to the start line. So it was, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was entertaining. Um, well, shout out up, to listeners. We ended up having um, this, East, the East Coast has just gotten so much rain. Um, it's just, we've gotten 12 inches of rain in the past two weeks. And that's, Ooh. yeah, it's stunning amounts of rain. So it rained, the, the it poured buckets the night before um and it i woke up at six to roll out at six thirty to get over to the start and of course it started pouring right at that point and it, like i don't mind i don't know about you i don't mind riding in the rain but starting in the rain just sucks right like yeah. there's just nothing good about starting and pouring rain to but walk out the was, door into rain is really difficult it is really difficult especially when you know you were looking at a good seven hour day right you're just like <laughs> like okay this is this is not but at least it wasn't cold like i'm like cold rain forget it I'm, i might have really pulled the pin because i just have had enough bouts of hypothermia that i'm not interested but it wasn't cold and it was supposed to clear so i went out and it did it uh it cleared and got quite lovely for a while and then it rained on us again for a lot of the ride but it never was miserable like it it, it actually was preferable because when it did come out and the sun broke, it became like a sauna. It was oppressively hot. And um, yeah, it would have been a much harder day in the sun like that. So yeah, it was, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful ride. It was, 
I, I always, it's just, it's really hard. I forget every time I do it how hard it is. So, you know, it ended up being a 90 mile day with like 9,500 feet of climbing. You know, it's just, mm. it's, it's, and you yeah. felt, this year I felt like we were always going up. Like sometimes it, there's like some magical combination of roads where even though you get that much elevation, the rhythm is better. And I felt like this year the, yeah. I didn't care for the rhythm as much. Am I, the, I was riding with a man on a single speed because why would you use gears? Um, <laughs> and he, it was like the old time he tore to France guys. He had like another gear in his uh, bike bag and like he would pull it out when the elevation was going to change for a while and put the other gear on, you know, his 18 and then we'd ride and then he'd switch it out for the 19. I was like, dude, what year are we in? Like, Wait, his other gear on his was single one speed. tooth different. Yes. Oh, because he that way he wouldn't really have to change the chain any. Right. Oh my gosh, that's 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 definitely the silliest thing I've heard this week. <laughs> and, well, it made a measurable difference, but it, but there's no winning because it's always you know the single speed is always the wrong gear is the joke, right? Like yeah. so. This thing was, it's rarely flat. You've been out there. I mean, it's either, and it was stupid <laughs> steep. There was a lot of stupid steep climbing. Yeah. But then the last half, there was more what you could just kind of motor along, but he, he was so spun out, we're not motoring along, right? It was it was just a very interesting, it was an interesting, uh, it was funny. <laughs> but we're here. Wow. And uh, yeah, it ended up, it, it was it was cool. It was an adventure. So that was my weekend. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. All righty. Well, so what do you got for us this week? What do we have? I actually have what what might come across as uh, a little bit like deep thoughts with the fit chick, I guess. Um, but it's <laughs> it's something that's been on my mind and uh, which has resonated in a major way with the followers on my fit chick athlete author page. I made up a little post Monday with said thoughts and I got like, 40 shares and 800 likes and stuff that you just like, I'm like, wow, okay. You know, that, that hit a nerve. Yes. Um, yes, it did. <laughs> so, and, and a positive, like largely positive nerve, um, which is also good when you get that much engagement that it's not negative. Yeah. Um, so over the course of the past, say like 10 years or so, when I started training and racing at a pretty high level, Stuff including, you know, Ironman Kona and the Apsa Cape Epic and big things that take a lot of time. I would have a few friends who would constantly, every time they would see me, be like, I don't know how you do it all. How do you do it all? Like, how can you possibly do it all? And I'll tell you, Patrick, after walking around my house on Monday, gazing at the tornado that had been left behind from coming back from, you know, the D2R2 event weekend, stepping over mountains of laundry, making mental notes of all the undone home repairs and the projects that really kind of do need doing at this point, I sat down at my computer and I posted the honest to God truth of how I do it all. And I said, I don't. Period. Uh -huh. I... I I made a very conscious decision when I started my own business. You know, I'm self-employed. I run this thing yeah. uh, back in 1998. It's 20-year anniversary. I kind of missed that in March. Um, and then started training for really long, hard stuff in, say, 2007. I mean, I've always done things, but the ultra-endurance life took a turn about that time. When I was like, hey, uh -huh. I'll try an Ironman. And it just led me down this incredible path. Um, yeah, there's no way on God's green earth I could ever do it all. 
Like it just became very evident to me during training for Ironman. There is no way that everything can happen in my life. Something has got to give. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, a lot of stuff would just be left undone. And I I was okay with that. Uh, And I I remained okay with that for the better part of however many years it's been, you know, a decade. Though I have to confess that now there are days that I look around at all the undone stuff and I think, we really ought to do some of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but man, it's impossible to find the time. I, I run a business. My husband runs a side event promotion business on top of his usual job at Lehigh University. And mm-hmm. oh, now he's getting an MBA. So we just got oh. an, Yeah. We have a daughter. We have two cats. We have a dog. So yeah, if I dedicated the dozen or so hours that I spend training each week on fixing up the house to these projects, I guess I could get it all done, but then I wouldn't be training and racing at the level that allows me to do these big events that I'm still, I'm still enjoying and learning from and getting material for my business, my writing business, my coaching, all that, like that's all interconnected. And, you know, I, I don't actually know where I'm going with all this, except to say that I've come to the conclusion that life is short and I think it's too short to to stress about trying to do it all and to, to have whatever you think the perfect house or yard is. And I feel like I'm not going to be able to do this forever, though I said that 10 years ago and I'm still doing it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like I'm not going to be able to do this forever. So all this stuff is just going to have to wait another five to 10 years. But I, I don't know what else to conclude. And I'm, I, I imagine you must have thoughts about about this conversation. Well, you know, since we're on camera with each other, you can see over my right shoulder that pile of cycling <laughs> clothing can, sitting on my bed that has not yet been put away. That's my favorite trick. I pour the laundry all over the bed, but then I just shove it into another basket at time to go to bed. Because I think if I pour it on the bed, I'll put it away, but I don't. I just shove it back into the laundry basket. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this will make me do it. And it doesn't. I just go, ah, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm in I'm in touch. Yes, uh, you know I I'm fond of saying that we're on the spinning hunk of rock once that we know of that mm-hmm. allows me the grace to allow other people their beliefs. But I really only know of my one visit here, and I want to do what I can so that when I am truly old and infirm that I can look back on it and think, well, good golly, I got out there and I did it. You know, I, 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 I chased after it with both feet and both hands and, you know, I've got something to show for it. Okay. Maybe I can't walk straight. Maybe I can't stand up straight, but, uh, I, you know, I did something and that's really important to me. I want to feel like I had some sense of what this place was, Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's the reality that when I come home and I open up the door, if all I see in front of me is complete chaos, right? It's right. it's an issue. It gets to me. It, it uh, I have now <laughs> figured out that it does contribute in my case to depression. If things you are also too like out of hand, me live in your workspace. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think that I think that adds a layer to that, right? I'm constantly yeah. walking around this place. I don't leave it. Yeah. You know, except to do my ride. So like you, when I come back, I'm 
reminded acutely of everything that needs to get done. Yeah, I mean, right now we are having the closest thing that I'll have all week to a staff meeting. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so I know exactly uh, what you're saying. Yeah. And so, yeah, we are we are a little deeper in it than somebody who gets to go off to an office that has a cleaning crew come in every night. Right. That's that's a little different scenario. I so, did hire a cleaning service for twice a month, and that's made a big difference, I must say. Like, they just do the hard stuff for just it, – it's just – I cannot possibly stay on top of it all. I can run the back – with you know, you have pets and mountain bikers and all that. It, it just becomes a disaster. That has yes. helped a lot. Yeah. And with two little boys, you know, they bring in things that I look up – I look at uh, like how to put it uh, – gardening material. They, sure. they bring in things that, you know, belong on Worms? the outside. I mean, <laughs> you know, the like the cleanest things they bring in are rocks. You know, we're talking sticks and, yeah. you know, occasional dirt clods. And I, I just don't even know, you know, and it's all special. <laughs> Good grief. Little boys. Uh, and, you know, and I can't complain too much because I was the kid who was tracking in mud on Me Friday too. afternoons right after our housekeeper uh, mm-hmm. mop the floor, you know, and I, I now have a greater appreciation. I, I don't know what it was about me that was so brain damaged when I was in ninth grade. I do recognize that I was completely brain damaged in ninth grade, but for whatever reason, it was so badly damaged my brain. That is that I couldn't <laughs> appreciate that, you know, tracking in mud on the floor right after in the moments as the floor was drying might be an issue for my mother. Yep. I, I, I get it now. You know, I walk into the kitchen on bare feet and if the floor is sticky, it's like, hang on, everybody, everybody come here. Let's talk about this. <laughs> yep. The floor is sticky. What that's, was dropped? That's called karma. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I've realized that I need to focus on those things that disrupt my peace. Okay, so when something is bad enough that I feel unsettled, then I need to tend to that. Yep. And if it's the sort of thing that I, in the particular constellation of my personality, can walk by 16 times and not notice, I can probably walk by it a 17th time. Mm-hmm. But those things that I look at and become unsettled by, yeah, that's what I need to deal with. And for me, I spend an awful lot of time cleaning up our kitchen. Yeah, that's that's a common space where we all have to be able to function. And if there are eight plates sitting out on a counter with various degrees of unfinished waffles and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> that would and make me avocado insane. toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't do it. But I've also realized that, you know, I need I need to relax about that stuff. You know, getting getting wound up and getting upset, that doesn't do anybody any good. So either I need to just shut up and take care of it myself or I need to let it go. It's, uh, yeah, that's a life work, I think. Uh, But Well, that's counseling with Kaiser. Oh, okay. That that works too. (laughs) That works too. Now, I had a friend of mine once said that she treats her house, I I liked the analogy, like uh, her bike and you keep the drivetrain clean. So that means kitchen and bathroom. The rest of it, (laughs) like the rest of it can be whatever, but... The, 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 those parts, I was like, yeah, I kind of like that. Like that, that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh-huh. Yes. I, I, 
completely get that. Nobody else gets my bathroom. So if there's a problem in my bathroom, it's me and a cat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we, you know, I, I don't really talk to the cat. I I know that the cat's going to do what the cat does, right? It's cat. That's what cats do. Yeah. So either I need to be prepared to just jump in and clean up the bathroom or I need to just keep walking. Yeah. And and I, I you know I have to say that it all looks does look better after a good bike ride. You know, I, I you come back in after a, a good bike ride and it's still it's still a mess, but at least it's maybe your brain is just in a better spot. But anyway, like that, that totally was just, true. Yeah, it's just on that my mind, and I think that, that all of us out there who do what we do and you know, cycling just takes time, right? Like, like if you're if you're gonna do it, you're gonna at least you're gonna go on a couple long rides, and that's yeah. And yeah. I, I this is where I think having really clear communication with your significant other is so important. Yes. Uh, I have, I have an ex marriage, uh, in, in my past and we couldn't get on the same page about what a clean house, what constituted a clean house. Right. I would come in from a ride to a honeydew list, you know, with two columns and, <laughs> It was like, oh, you know, good. okay, well, I knew there wasn't going to be a nap, but now, you know, now I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to finish in time for dinner. Uh, do I get dinner tonight if I don't finish? You know, wow. it's, you know, so there's, there's, I think a really critical piece of this is making sure that the other people you cohabitate with are on the same page or at least on a near page, you know, being in the same chapter is a, is big, big helpful. Totally agree. Totally <laughs> agree. I guess that's, that's, that's our take home. Yep. I'll, yep. I'll pull over now. <laughs> okay. Mine uh, is born of something I did this past week as well. Uh, I went and I, there's, there's this, there are a couple really good climbs in Sonoma County and mm-hmm. arguably the biggest of them is up this road called Pine Flat. It goes up into the Mayacamas Mountains. And there are some steep pitches along the way. And it's a beautiful twisting climb, except for when the air is all gray and smoky from the Mendocino Complex fire like it was Saturday. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it really is a beautiful climb. And just, you know, the way the road snakes its way up through the mountains Eventually, it gets to this point where it is stupidly steep, where the road designers were like, oh, screw it. Let's just let's just get this over with. And it, it tips. <laughs> we don't need another switchback. Just go straight up. Yeah, we're running out of daylight, boys. Let's get this done. And it tips up at better than 20 percent for long stretches, you know, and, you know, a 30, 34 there was a time when that would have been a jokingly low gear. And even with that, I was struggling on the climb. But the thing that really helped me was that I had my chest strap on and I could look down at my heart rate. Mm. So I want to talk about heart rate as a metric. Mm -hmm. I know we talk about how wattage is the be all end all number. And Mm -hmm. it truly is, you know, it's, the grand unified theory of fitness. <laughs> However, that said, power meters are still fairly expensive, at least if mm-hmm. you want accuracy. You know, and then there's the issue that, you know, most of them are bike specific, unless you're running a power top hub in a set of wheels. 
I know a lot of people have only one bike, be it a road bike or a mountain bike, but I know a great many more who are total N plus one junkies. I mean, here in Sonoma County, you're not really a cyclist unless you have a road bike, a mountain bike, and a gravel bike. I do know some people who have ditched their road bike in favor of a gravel bike and two sets of mm -hmm. wheels, but the, the idea generally holds. Right. The issue, as I see it, is that heart rate is a number that I can get on absolutely any bike I ride. And I have yep. upwards of 10 bikes, you know, especially when I include all the various review bikes, you know. Uh, so all I have to do is put on a chest strap and I've got a really usable number. I still have the ability to surprise myself. <laughs> you know, that ride I did this past week on Pine Flat. I, you know, I'm on the section that goes up like Bay Area housing prices, and I look down only to see mm -hmm. that I'm a good 10 beats above threshold. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I looked at that. I was like, holy cow. I was surprised. And I'm thinking, oh, no wonder I hurt so damn much. Yep. Um, and I, I, I actually chuckled to myself to think that I could actually surprise myself that much because uh, I really thought I was. I knew I was suffering, but I thought I'd kept myself in check. So the thing I want to get your perspective on is the value of heart rate, mainly because I feel like one pretty good number that is available on every one of your bikes is a better investment than one hyper accurate number that you only have access to on one bike. I 1000% agree with that. I, cool. I, I could not I could not agree with that more. I have uh, two power meters. Neither of them even have a battery in them right now. <laughs> so I, I have I have trained. I, I have spent time doing pretty much every parameter kind of training that you can training by feel training by heart rate training by power training by power and heart rate training by power, power heart rate feel which of course is probably the best of all worlds. Right. And I still come down to how you feel is how you feel and and heart rate is a really pretty good indication. I mean they say I know it's capricious, it's affected by altitude, it's affected by all these different things. But if you get to know yourself and what those numbers your heart rate means, it mm -hmm. it teaches you a lot and it teaches yeah. you how to meter out your efforts whether you're having a good day or a bad day. Yep. And that's, you know, that's something that I just feel like sometimes people get wrapped up in that absolute power number, but that absolute power number without heart rate is also problematic because mm -hmm. if, if you're turning yourself inside out to get to what 200 watts, you know, whatever your day is, it's, that's not the right solution either. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's just, you have to, you have to look at the entire picture. So I, I actually feel that heart rate is a really, for most people is a very, very good number to use. Because if you train with it and you ride with it all the time and just keep, keep notice of it, it teaches you like what your heart rate looks like in various situations. Like when, I, when I'm out at Leadville, I know my heart rate's going to be higher at any given intensity, right? Because I'm, I'm up at altitude. But even like this, it's interesting you say that because I've used it with some of these really, really big rides just to sort of see if I can finish stronger than I start. And I've noticed that if I if I'm true to myself and I look at my heart rate and I keep it within, you know, under threshold for sure, but in a, in a certain numerical zone, mm -hmm. I I can go all day and still have energy, you know, for the end. Where I think if you just go by RPE, which which I've done in the past, it's too easy to lose track of matches mm -hmm. burned 
right? Like, it's just too easy to like drift a little higher than maybe you should and not be knowing that you're drifting a little higher because you're distracted. And I'm not saying you should be staring at your screen all the time. I don't really, I don't prescribe to that either. But yeah. I, I, I do 100% agree that some somewhere along the line, people just started being like throwing out heart rate as, as a good piece of data. And I still think it is an incredibly useful piece of data. And if you have nothing else, it's the best piece of data. And yeah, I, I, power meters, they're awesome. And if you're going to work with a coach and you have like very specific goals, it is probably worth the investment. And some coaches, in fact, will not even work with you without a power meter. And this isn't, I've actually tried to get coaches to work with me just because I want somebody to tell me what to do. I just want another person's exercise prescriptions because I hate writing my own. And there uh-huh. are people that will not take me on. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, these are friends of mine because I, do, I, won't, I won't be a slave to a power meter. I won't, like, record all my rides. And it's the same thing. I've got all these bikes, and I don't want to do it that way. So uh, I, I, long way of saying that, yes, I agree. And I think that if you are uh, any just recreational competitive cyclist, a heart rate, heart rate training is 100% fine. I mean, you have to realize it lags. It's not as immediate as power, right? I mean, it's. It, mm-hmm. it, I think there's a learning curve with it, but sure. I think, yeah, I think absolutely, it's very interesting, and it teaches you a lot over time, and it allows you to watch your efforts. Uh, yeah, you know, too over the course of. I mean, when, you can see when you're tired. You can see when something's off. You can see when you're having a good day. You can see, yeah, you know, how you watch how quickly your heart rate goes back to. some normal range after a big effort all that stuff how it's responding day to day is telling you a lot about your physical self and your state of being and i think that's that's super valuable it's funny i'd forgotten how i had trained myself upwards of 20 years ago not to look at my heart rate at the beginning of an effort that i I somehow trained myself don't look down just as you're getting going wait until you know you're deep into the effort and then you're allowed to check yep. heart rate, you know, once you've had some some amount of sustained effort in whatever that zone is, I, yeah, I'd completely forgotten how I'd done that. That's funny. Yeah, because uh, you have to. It's just there's there's just that time. Anyway, yeah. And the idea, and, and this is where I mean, you have to like almost read a heart rate training book to fully understand the whole thing. But the concept it's it's pretty basic is that you want to spend a certain amount of total time in your interval session at a certain heart rate right and that's why coaches often prescribe the number of intervals that they prescribe with the rest intervals that they prescribe with the end result of keeping you whether it's threshold or above threshold or whatever it is in the right zone recognizing that it does take a bit to get there and with each successive interval you get there a little quicker you stay you know it's just it's a it's a formula yeah yeah absolutely and you know, if I hadn't had all that experience with heart rate over the years, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the Copper Triangle ride, I wouldn't have understood what I was seeing on uh, on my GPS when I was looking at heart rate. I realized... Because it was higher than you expected it to be or would have expected it to be? Uh, actually, my heart rate was low. Uh, I couldn't get it up as high. Um, oh, you're right. I, I spoke wrong. I, I, I'm a little dyslexic that way. Yes. Like at any no given, it's harder to get it higher. Yeah. So, I mean, I realized that at the low point on the ride, my heart rate, my my threshold was around 137, but up around 11,000 feet, it was only 131. Whereas here at sea level, I don't know, it's 152-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like going up Columbine, I mean, I was 
you just you're just paying attention to your numbers and I was just like okay that's that's a number that I would not be hitting uh, at, at home at sea level but yeah altitude is what it is it's interesting I was yeah. talking to a, a guy that that a future podca- podcast we'll talk to the he did an Everest on Everest which is to say that he he climbed the same stretch of road many 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 times on the base of Everest to accumulate the height of Everest which is 29,000 feet which is just insane but he you know he he kept his heart rate so I mean his his power so so low because he's at 16,000 feet yeah all right pretty much the whole time I mean he's like he was almost embarrassed to tell me his wattage he's like oh it was 120 I'm like well that's actually pretty good going up that's terrific for 16,000 feet right yeah it's a four percent climb so it's not that steep but it's you're at 16,000 feet, so... Well, and how yeah. many hours was he spending doing that? I mean, you know, 30. you're not going to turn... <laughs> okay, see? Yeah, you're not going to turn 300 watts for, you know, even eight hours. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much the realization that he came to, that that would be unsustainable for for wow. almost three three days. Wow, talk yeah. about discipline and, and a strong belly. I mean, I, I would have... I would he did have some trouble out. with, yeah, well, yeah. he didn't have altitude sickness, but I mean, he, I can't remember what he said. Like after the hundredth lap, his stomach started giving him some, you know, he didn't want to eat anymore. I'm like, dude, seriously, like after five hours, my stomach doesn't really want to take in food anymore when I'm doing an endurance event. Like, Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. So we'll save something because it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to get him on the line for a future, okay. future podcast. Killer. I can't wait for that. Alrighty. Well, let's push on to paceline picks. Cool. Well, in the spirit of trying to do it all, I am I'm going to jump into the cult of the instant pot here. Which uh, do you do you know what an instant pot is? Tell me you do. I'm guessing this is not a cannabis product. <laughs> it is not a cannabis product. Okay. Are you actually telling me, Patrick Brady, that you do not want to know what an instant pot is? I've heard of crock pots. But I don't know what an instant wow. pot is. That's what, it's just interesting. <laughs> I've rendered to, it's, I, <laughs> speechless. <laughs> it's only interesting because in my ether, like they're everywhere. Like the, people have been like singing their praises. They are they are a crock pot pressure cooker, ex, ex, like all of that stuff wound into one device. So oh, uh-huh. you know you can. I love it. Because I cook, okay, so I, I cook all three meals pretty much, and I like real food. I like rice. I like beans. I like lentils. I don't like stuff from a can so much. I don't like microwave ready stuff so much. But it takes time, which, as our discussion earlier uh, foreshadowed, I don't like to take, and I don't necessarily have. So, I the beautiful thing with this is I can just pour the rice in and pour the water, whatever I want, and seal it up and hit. There's actually a button that says rice. I hit that button and magically it makes rice. I, it has a poultry button. It has a porridge button. It has like all these things. And it just, with the pressure cooker setting, you can just cook things. Like with 20 minutes flat, I've got dinner on the table no matter what I'm trying to do. So uh, I, I I really don't even know what I did without this thing. Uh, I just got cranky and waited longer for dinner, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> you know, my family jokingly calls it the Jesus pot because I walk around singing it's... <laughs> Singing its praises all day long, so I I thought that it was a good complimentary pick to go with my poll this week. That if you like me, 
uh, are trying to do it all, but you know you can't do it all, the Jesus pot, uh, aka the instant pot, will help you achieve at least some of that. And it, you can get it pretty much anywhere for less than a hundred bucks. And I know I, I, they do not pay me. Uh, you got to give me a link. <laughs> this is yet another thing I'm gonna yeah. have to buy because you've recommended it. Oh. There you go. Okay. Wow. What do you got? So my pick this week is something that I'm really just beginning to get familiar with. I don't have the expertise that you do with the Jesus pot. <laughs> it's a pair of glasses from an Israeli company called EverySight. These are no ordinary glasses. This isn't like the hot new Oakley. Uh, they are the love child of a pilot's heads-up display and the ill-fated Google Glass. Oh. EverySight allows you to see all of the basics of your GPS unit speed, heart rate, power, whatever, you know, mileage you've covered, whatever you tell it to display, it'll display there. Or Where is it? Is it attached to the glasses? Like the There's a little projector kind of? that projects something onto the lens I've and seen, it appears out there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. I've, I've seen similar products and they're, they're, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it really, you know, if you decide, okay, I need to focus on the road, you'll... It'll still be there and you can tell it's still there, but it's not so disruptive that you can't, you know, steer, steer through a pack or something. It might right. get a little confusing in a Peloton. I haven't tried that yet, but, you know, I mean, you can, you, in addition to that, you can also flip to, you know, actually seeing a map so that you can navigate without having to look down. Wow. And... Yeah. And then there's also the fact that, oh, look, it's got a camera in it. So you can either shoot video or take pictures. You just oh, you tap can. the temple. From no, your I'm head? not kidding. Like, yes. from, so it's. Yeah. Really? True, yeah. True point of view, video Dude. and camera. That yes. is, if it's at all intuitive, because I can just tell you, I've got so many devices that I, I, I got excited about but can't work. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you have to let me know because I'm. Very interested. So I, it's funny because I went through the tutorial that comes up when you first plug the thing in and I spent as much time as I could allow myself going through that tutorial. Right. And then I did like two rides and then, you know, went out of town for a week and came back and looked at it. I was like, I don't remember how to use this. And so I'm gradually <laughs> getting back up to speed. I had to get in touch with them to send me the tutorial so that I could just play it anytime I wanted it's, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly feel like I'm just beginning to scratch the surface of all that it can do. You know, most of the electronics and the battery are stored in the earpieces. So you do need to choose your helmet carefully. But these things are truly remarkable. As to price, I'm just going to say that <laughs> people are either going to want them and willing to pay what they cost or you would be happier putting your cash toward a weekend getaway. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Okay, then. Uh, I'll have to check out the link in our show notes to, yeah, to there, find out. It is truly a remarkable product. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of The Pace Line. Celine, what are you up to this weekend? Um, I, oh, I, I keep forgetting. My father is turning 80 years old tomorrow. Congratulations. So. Thank you. So my nephew, which I still have to send him an Amazon gift card, is, uh, I can't remember how old. He's got a birthday today. So we often have like a birthday weekend celebration at 
my house. So it's going to be kind of a big one because this is a big birthday for my dad. So basically having family over, sneaking in some rides. I'm off to Rebecca's private Idaho stage race next week. So, yeah, packing up and getting some stuff together for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Yourself? Uh, I I really plan to take this next weekend easy. Last weekend, between going to Six Flags with the family and uh, doing that long climb up Pine Flat, I came out of that weekend just as tired as I went into it. So <laughs> Funny how that works. I, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out how to go easier this weekend. <laughs> Uh, maybe even permit myself a nap somewhere in there. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for my other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for the bike set. This week's guest is Sam Pickman, the head of engineering for Allied Cycle Works. We talk about all things carbon fiber. Finally, Please leave the show a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Selene Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.